Bailey. Hello, Beth. <laughs> oh, I see how it's going. <laughs> That's mama to you. Mama bear. My, oh, God. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> I know, right? I know. All right. Anything new with you that you want to update this week? Um, well, the cat went to the vet today. Mm-hmm. That was good news. Yep. Piglet has gained eight ounces, which is excellent because she's a kidney patient and yes. it's very hard for them to keep their weight up, let alone lose, or excuse me, let alone gain. Uh-huh. So. So, little victory on our part. Yay. Yeah. We're yep. fattening her up. Fattening her up. Um, and then we got our groceries, finally. Oh, finally. We've been complaining since last week when we recorded about not getting groceries, and we just got up to well, Yeah, but this was literally the third time. The oh, no. first two times they kept saying, packed and ready to go, packed and ready to go, and then they're like, we can't find your order. We don't know where it went. Now we have 10,000 cheeses, because we ordered the same kind, but in different brands. And multiple ice creams. And multiple. We're not complaining about that. No. Then. Well, we're not complaining about the cheese, either. All right. Well, I guess. <laughs> yes. All right, well, that's about it for me, too. Okay, so if that's about it for you, then what are you going to talk about today? All right, so today I have another kind of pharmacy-related story. I'm kind of on a tangent here. so that's good. (laughs) To those that don't know, I'm a pharmacy technician by trade, so it's just kind of an obsession of mine. (laughs) But this is the story of the Pan family. The Pan family. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, it starts out with, um, it's spelled B-I-C-H, but it's actually pronounced Bic. Um, Bic Ha Pan, which is the matriarch of the family, and Hue Han Pan were both immigrants from Vietnam. I was um, going to say, that sounded Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. So, they ended up both as, like, refugees. They came to Canada in 1979, and they later met, they didn't even know each other at the time, but they met both around the same time because they emigrated at the same time and ended up getting married about, I think, two years later. Okay. So, 1979, they met, got married. They had two children together. There was Jennifer, who was born in 1986, and Felix, born in 1989. The two parents worked at Magnet International, which is an auto parts manufacturer out of Canada. They It wasn't, like, a high-paying job by any means, but they worked really hard. Like, they wanted their kids to have everything they never got to have growing up. Okay. So, in 2004, after working their butts off and just working as much as they could while also being good parents to their kids, they finally made it pretty big and bought, like, a huge house in Markham. They they bought a huge house in Markham, Canada, and they got a Lexus and a Mercedes-Benz, so they were doing good for them and living the high life. Yeah. So, one thing about them that a lot of the kids' friends would note later on is that they had really high expectations for their kids, which is, like pretty common in like Asian cultures and I stuff like that. I think that is absolutely true. Yes. I mean, even in non-Asian cultures, everybody wants their kids to succeed and get them on the right track, but not to the extent that I think a lot of Asian families push it. Yeah, I think that I think that they just expect a lot out of their children and there's mm-hmm. such a culture of respect that the children really really want to live up to those standards. But it's really hard to do that. Yeah, and then if you have, like, the slightest failure, you feel like everything about you is a failure. <laughs> like, Well, I don't know about that. Well, if you grow up in a house where you're being told, oh, you got a D on that test, how dare you? You can't go out to see your friends for 10, which is how they described they were with okay. these kids. that makes sense. So the two kids actually, they succeeded to their parents' expectations. Good. Pretty amazingly. That's so hard. It is really hard, but they were managing it just fine. 
So Felix, the brother, he studied mechanical engineering in college because his dad quoted to say, I wanted him to design cars, not assemble them like his parents did. Isn't cool. that cute? That is really good. <laughs> and then um, Jennifer was a Olympic, I don't know how to say it, Olympic level figure skater, but she actually tore a tendon when she was like 14. Oh, gosh. So right in the prime of when she could actually go to the Olympics oh, and be successful, gosh. she tore her tendon. That's terrible. Yeah. Was it in a was it in a skating related thing? They didn't really the say. It sounded like it was because they said that she was there literally five days a week, figure skating after wow, school. So thing. what a disappointment and heartbreak. Well, fortunately, Jennifer actually had a lot of things that she was amazing at. So she had been another award winning pianist since the age of four, mm-hmm. and she was a straight A student all through elementary, middle, high school. And after high school, she, well, during high school, her senior year, she actually got early admission to Ryson University, which... She's making me feel a little bit bad about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about this whole family is just like, I couldn't do it, but good for you, because... Yeah. So yeah, she got early admission to Ryerson, Ryerson University, which she actually got a ton of paid scholarships for. So she completely tuition free got to go to school. Good for her. Soon after she was to graduate from Ryerson with her bachelor's degree, she also got accepted to the University of Toronto in the pharmacy program, and her parents were thrilled. Okay. During that time at University of Toronto, where she was getting her doctorate, basically, in pharmacy, and during that time, she actually asked permission from her parents if it was okay if she had a friend that lived on campus where it was just a lot closer and easier commute all week long. So Okay. And they said, that's fine. Just make sure you're getting your studies in. Everything's good. Great. So during the weekend, she would live with her parents. And then during the week, she would go stay with this friend on campus. Okay. During this time, I believe Felix was still living at home the whole time. I don't, it didn't say anything about where he was living. Wait, I, which one is older? Uh, Felix was born in 89. She was born in 86. Okay. So, so she was about 24 finishing her. So he's still her. in high school at this point. No. I think he's probably early 20s, 21. Because she's 24. Oh, she's already graduated. She's like in graduate school, basically. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. So during that time, she's living with her friend on campus. Then on November 8th, 2010, Jennifer and her two parents were home. Felix was not home. Okay. And three masked men broke into the pan home. Oh, jeez. 24-year-old Jennifer was tied up and left at the top of the stairs like she was on the second floor of the stairs and left there. Her parents were taken down to the basement. At this point, Jennifer has no idea what's going on. She has no idea where her parents are. All she knows is that they blindfolded them, tied them up to, and took them downstairs. Okay. So then, I don't know what time it was, but eventually Jennifer managed to, like, get her hand loose enough, and she had her phone in her back pocket and managed to call 911. Okay. So while this, while she was calling 911, the three men, all she had been watching them go around the top floor taking all the money they could find and like all expensive jewelry and stuff like that and basically just robbing them. So I think to her, she was like, maybe everybody's okay. Like maybe, maybe they, they just they want just the money, want money and get money. out and like leave us alone. Yeah. So people want to believe that. Yeah. So she calls 911 and in the transcript I read, it says, help me, please. I need help. I don't know where my parents are. Some people just broke into our house and they stole all of our money. I just heard shots, pops, and I'm tied upstairs. I had my hands tied my, behind my back. I had my cell phone in my pocket. Please come help. And then you could hear, like, her father screaming in the background. Oh, my God. How awful. That poor thing. That poor girl. And then she says, I'm okay. My dad just ran outside screaming. And at that point, the phone call ends. Oh, jeez. Okay. And she has no idea about her mom. Okay. 
So the dad ran outside screaming. The dad, she heard her dad scream, and I think she said to the police, well, I heard dad screaming, so, like, he just ran outside, I think. Okay. But when police arrived, Han, her father, was in critical condition outside. He ended up actually being put into a medically induced coma. So he survived the attack initially. He was taken to the hospital immediately, but then they found her mother, Bic, had been shot multiple times in the basement and unfortunately did not survive. So Jennifer ended up being found tied to the banister still at the top of the stairs, exactly like she said. And police, she was not like... And other than being tied up and left there, she was not harmed in any way. So they took her and they immediately like took her into question as the only witness to what had happened that was still conscious. And they actually started growing a little bit suspicious, asking questions like, why would they leave you uninjured and your parents were both blindfolded, but you weren't? Like, it's kind of weird that they would just leave a witness, even if all they did was rob it. But if they shot your mom and killed her, you would think they'd be like, oh shit, now we have to eliminate the other witnesses right because she saw them right and then they also asked why would your dad run outside screaming instead of looking for his daughter who wasn't he had no idea where she was in the house like that's weird like wouldn't you first even if you were injured your first thought would be like oh crap my daughter like I don't know. They just started asking weird questions like that and they were like you may have told me this but were the three masked people still in the house when the dad ran outside or did he run outside after they left i believe it was a similar situation to how she got herself loose i think they left she got herself loose and called 911 and then he also got himself loose and ran out the basement and upstairs outside to the front lawn okay okay so they like i said we're feeling kind of suspicious like it's kind of weird but we have nothing on this girl she has been perfect her whole life there's no reason that she would have anything to do with this. And she was tied up. Like, how would she tie herself, like, up on the front? Well, I mean, people can, but... But her hands were, like, tied behind her back, literally. Like, they have... Depends on how you've been tied up. Yeah, so it didn't make sense. So they just let it go, and they were like, we'll do some digging and see if there's, like, any security... Because it was 2010, people did have, like, security footage outside their houses Mm -hmm. and stuff. Especially in a wealthy neighborhood like theirs, so... Yeah, for sure. So they let her go. So like I said, uh... Han was shot in the back and the face, but he did survive, and miraculously, he woke up. This happened, I believe it was November 10th. He woke up the 22nd. Wow. And his story, he said, I remember everything, and his story is crazy, okay? Oh my gosh, okay. So, in reality, senior year of high school, Jennifer failed a math class, when I told you that she got the early admission to the first university, she failed her math class and ended up not being allowed to graduate. However, she faked a report card and a graduation diploma and never told her parents this. And Ryerson University, where she attended, actually retracted that immediately saying, you didn't graduate, you can't come here. So she hid that from her parents the entire time because again, she was so scared to fail. She couldn't live up to their expectations and she didn't want to be a disappointment. Suddenly I'm not feeling so bad about myself. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, like I said, she graduated. She continued to on to university, as she told her parents. Lots of big quotes. Mm-hmm. Lots of big air quotes. <laughs> Instead, she would go to the cafes during the day, top piano from some spare extra change, and also worked in a restaurant to make extra money. During this time... How long do you think you can keep this up, girl? Well, apparently all throughout getting your doctorate degree, because... <laughs> So during this time, she faked cards, school ID cards and stuff. She would use a photocopier and fake those cards. She would fake the grades, even faked a recommendation letter to the elite pharmacy school. 
again using a photocopier. So oh she, during this time as well. She had a doctorate in photo, photocopier, I guess. Well, this is the, not hilarious, but kind of the funny part is she ended up buying secondhand books and watched pharmacy lectures during the day at the cafes to take fake notes the entire lecture to show her parents everything that she learned when she got home. At this rate, you could have just been a damn pharmacist. She couldn't get into the school. Just go get your GED and you just, a year behind. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you can't admit the failure, right? So So then her web of lies just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. That's why the truth is always the way to go. You just dig yourself into a hole and then it's like, that's right. Now it's even worse than if you just come clean in the first place. Well, clearly, because look what just happened. Yeah, so. So I'm not jumping ahead, so. So when she ended up getting into the pharmacy program at the University of Toronto, This is when she asked permission to stay with her friend on campus during the week. When in reality, she was actually living with her high school boyfriend that she'd been hiding (laughs) the entire time because she was not allowed to date until she ended school, Daniel Wong. She Um, wasn't supposed to date even when she was in college? It it was kind of like a not while you're under our roof situation, I think. Wow. They were very strict. I will give them that. But it doesn't. (laughs) No, it doesn't justify anything like that. Any sort of badness towards your parents. You have that choice to support like, yourself. Yeah, move out. Like You can do out, you can move out and you can live your life however Better you Better yet, want. you're already living with your boyfriend. <laughs> what else? Yeah, like, just don't go home on the weekends. Okay. So, it all came to kind of a head when Jennifer, she was going to the University of Toronto in 2010 for her doctorate And Jennifer told her parents that she had begun volunteering at the hospital for sick children. And her parents became suspicious because she could not prove she had no ID badge and not even, like, scrubs or a uniform of any kind. And she hates children! (laughs) And she freaking hates them! What the heck? So... Oh my god. So her parents became suspicious. This and is exhausting. I know. I'm exhausted just reading up on it. But oh my gosh. So they became suspicious, and her mother, Bick, decided one day, I'm going to follow her there and make sure she's actually, like, oh. going to work here, because I don't know. What's... That's, a, <laughs> Considering that, that's they, a tiger mom. <laughs> I mean, they've never even been to... She'd graduated two different schools now, including high school, and you've never been to a graduation ceremony? Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. Especially for parents who were so happy for her to be doing this well. They were obviously very upset with her when, like, the truth came out and she confessed to everything that she'd been lying about. And Han, her father, was so upset he tried to kick her out. But her mother, Bic, convinced him to let her stay. Well, as a mother, you you can be disappointed in your kids, but you're going to love your kids. Well, you would never think this would happen, you know? You're never going to think that's going to happen because to you, your child may be a fallible human being, but your child is always But you're never going to let them, especially when I get what she did was shitty, like, terrible. But you're not going to, like, let her starve on the street because she was scared to tell you the truth about something. Like... And realistically, she probably wouldn't have starved on the street. She would have just moved in... Moved in with... With the illegal boyfriend, but... Yeah. But still. So, they actually were very reasonable about all this. They let her stay in the house, and they even formed an agreement. Go back and finish high school, get your GED, and no more seeing Daniel, which is is kind of, again, reasonable because they also found out Daniel was not some upstanding citizen either. He was actually a drug dealer for a living. Oh, wow. And so not the best situation for their daughter who was already having issues being truthful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, that would be that would be kind of a weird 
pairing with the pharmacist and the drug dealer if she had been in pharmacy. If it was all legit. I can only the imagine <laughs> that at some point he would have wanted to exploit that relationship if she oh, was ever really. Oh, I didn't even think about that. If she was that. ever really a pharmacist, he would have been like, hey. So what you can know, you score me? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can get samples, you know, find stuff for me. Mm. Although I saw Nurse Jackie. I know they That's track that stuff. That's not realistic. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Ugh, God. Okay, so after being separated, Daniel got fed up with trying to sneak behind her parents' back and said, I'm done, and began dating another woman. During this time, Jennifer, even though she'd been truthful about everything else in her life, she, everything was out in the open, finally, she could actually be truthful with everybody in her life. Jennifer got out, found out about this other girl and got super jealous. So she ended up lying to Wong and saying several men had stormed into her house while nobody was home and raped her. Claimed that she also, a few weeks later, received a bullet in the mail and that his new girlfriend must be behind it. And I guess Wong bought that it. That is just so ugly. Isn't disgusting? And so disgusting. Ugh. So. And so Wong believed this, dumped the new girlfriend, and somehow ended back up with Jennifer. Okay, Lovely. So Jennifer now, you know Is what? a piece of shit. <laughs> Jennifer is a piece of shit. Yeah. God. So, they somehow got back together, and... Jennifer needs smacked in the mouth. Oh, she needs a lot of things. <laughs> okay. So, she somehow got back together with Daniel, and together they devised a plan to hire a hitman to kill her parents. Now, I... It's like... How are the parents the problem here, Jennifer? I you get, are the problem, Jennifer. I get that leaving and being on your own is terrifying, especially when you have had parents hovering over you for your entire 24 years of living, but would hiring a hitman be any easier to you than making a living on your own outside of the parents' house? Because I wouldn't even know where to start hiring a hitman. She was already giving music lessons and working at restaurants. Yeah, Why? she had jobs. She, she had a workforce. She clearly could have paid her half. Of a, an apartment with the drug dealer. Yeah, so. Oh, my God. She's just, she's just dirty. Yeah. Just dirty. Bad woman. There's a lot of dirty people in this, unfortunately. Just evil. That's just evil. So, together, they recruited David Mil Milvaganam, uh, Linford Crawford, and Eric Sean Carty, which were all criminals that had either gone to high school with them or had, I think, like, interacted with her boyfriend, Daniel because they were in the drug scene, stuff like that. So they were all kind of seedy and just wanted money. So they'd do anything for it. So they hired those three men and they decided they would pay $10,000 to them, which she didn't have yet, but she knew that after her parents were murdered, she would have half a million dollars insurance payout, especially if they made it look like she was also a victim of the crime. Not to mention the estate. The estate, yeah. Well, that would, I think like the estate was in her brother's name and he wasn't involved in this at all. So like he probably would have gotten like the house and... Maybe the cars. So so he was going to get the whole estate and she was going to get all of the insurance? Well, they were worth about the same. $500,000 okay. for... Well, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's just... Either it's, that or she'd have to split it halfway. But either way, like, yeah, a lot of... Anyway. Either way, she gets about $500,000. Yeah. So finally, after Han woke up on November 22nd, her dad, he did, he like spoke the truth and told all them all this crazy stuff that his family had been hiding because they were also ashamed of what... They'd been bragging about her being this pharmacy student doing amazing work in the world, and turns out she wasn't shit. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So they, like, finally arrested her after he woke up. I don't think she ever got to speak to him, because he 
He well, was probably a He woke up and was probably like, keep that bitch away from me. Yeah, I mean, just imagine. The, you, you've worked your whole life to get your child or your children and to They didn't do point. easy work. That was hard no, work that they did. All the... They worked their butts off their whole lives. And then this little snot Ungrateful just kills, piece of shit. kills her mother and shoots her dad in the face. I mean... I know. I'm mad at her. I, I, I know that that's kind of an understatement, but I mean, I really feel angry about her. It's just like certain it's murders. Like who the hell does she think she is? I hate to say, but certain murders, it's kind of like, I can understand. But then sometimes it's like, your motive is, it's not even a motive. At this point, you're just a selfish, narcissistic asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. You brought these problems upon yourself. Yeah, they didn't do this to you. And then you're going to pay, you're going to pay somebody from your inheritance or whatever to kill the... Ugh. I'm just mad. It's making me mad. I kind of shut up now. All right. Well, it doesn't get much better because it's Okay. During that third interview after um, she was arrested and her dad had spilled all the tea, she finally caved and admitted to hiring the killers. But she said, I didn't hire them to kill my dad. I hired them to kill me. Mm -hmm. Which makes total sense. (laughs) Yeah, because... Why not terrify, terrorize your entire family so that you can commit suicide, basically? But do you, also, do you really need three men to do that? <laughs> well, what? she was trying to look like an overachiever, honey. Yeah. <laughs> she spent her whole life pretending to be an overachiever. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, she could have been. That's, that's so frustrating to me. She had the me. capacity to be. And you she failed just, one math class. We've was, all failed something in our lives. That's like probably partying or something her last year of call, or high I, school. I believe she was dating Wong at the time, so it would make sense that she was like getting into recreational drugs or whatever. Just I mean, everybody has one class they wish they could take off their record. Oh, for sure. Multiple, if you're me. <laughs> well, for me, it's probably just one. <laughs> I failed keyboarding in college, so let's just put it at that. Did you really? <laughs> Because I didn't have the proper, I had a MacBook oh, and I couldn't get Microsoft right. Word. <laughs> well, that's anyway. not that's not really a failure by you. That's more of a, a little bit. I didn't prepare that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the trials began on March nineteenth, two thousand fourteen. So like three and a half years after the attack okay. happened, and they lasted ten months. All pleaded not guilty on December 13th, 2014. All except Cardi, which is one of the people hired, one of the hitmen, were convicted of first-degree murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy to murder. And they all received life sentences with no chance of parole for 25 years, which I don't think is enough, but at the same time, it's Canada. So, you know, they're a little more lenient. So what happened to Cardi, then, if he wasn't convicted? What happened to him was he was actually tried originally at the same time as all the rest of the three involved, but yeah. he, his lawyer actually, I think he got like a terminal illness and was no longer able to practice halfway through the trial. So he ended up like, he took himself out of the trial and he got a retrial. So in 2015 with a new lawyer, Cardi pled guilty this time. They all, all the ones that got life in prison with 25 years parole mm-hmm. minimum. Cardi pled guilty, and instead of getting that much time, he ended up getting 18 years, and he's eligible parole after nine. So that was in 2015, so pretty soon here he'll be getting eligibility for parole. Mm. But he was actually maybe not as at fault as the rest of them, because they said there were two people, they believed that her boyfriend Wong was not one of the three people at the time, because he, he was at some job, like he was on camera at a job. Okay. I don't know if it was like a drug deal or if he actually had a legit job on the side too, but he was not there at the time. And then also Cardi, he 
admitted guilt, but he said he was just a getaway driver. He was not in that house. So the other two people, still to this day, no idea who else was involved. Well, the um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about the family in, in Iraq, mm-hmm. and that was done by uh, U.S. Marines. Oh, okay. And, I didn't know um, that one. There was a get, there was a guy who was basically just their lookout, and he was just as guilty as the rest. Well, if you don't say anything, absolutely. Like even yeah. if you like have knowledge, they're going to kill someone. You should be accessory to murder at the very least. Like, yeah, because if, if you are okay with them doing it, then you're part of this problem. Uh-huh. Well, I'm with you. So <laughs> wow. So just to kind of wrap that, it up, what a horrible story. Isn't it awful? God, it's just horrible. But before being led out, her father took the stand to say, "I hope my daughter Jennifer thinks about what happened to her family and can become an honest person." Do you think there's any hope for her to become an honest Absolutely person? Absolutely not. I hope she gets life in jail and never gets out. Well, I mean, even if you're in prison, you can still be, become someone who understands where you've gone wrong. Own and, up to and what you, you can, did. You can make a decision not to be yeah. that person anymore. But she made this one mistake in high school and she decided... Decided to let it ruin her entire life. Like that's And everyone else's. Ridiculous. Because of a damn math class. It, that's just... It's insane to me. I know. And she was only 24 at this time. It's insane. Can you imagine? Uh, I cannot. No. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, that was really well, horrible. I, I hate <laughs> that you told me that story. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I know. I, I cried. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. But, you know, even, like, knowing what I knew at the end of that, it was like... Oh, but, God, you know... Just, just knowing... That's what her mom knew. That's all her mom knew. It's like, why is this happening? Like... Well, at least the mom didn't have to find out that it was her daughter that caused mm-hmm. this. When you were starting to tell that story, I thought you were going to tell me that the son arranged it. Because he wasn't home. That's what I thought when I first started looking into it. So. I mean, and hopefully she knew he wouldn't be home. Hopefully at least she chose to do it when she knew her brother wouldn't be there. But I, I wonder how there, if he has, you know. I looked up Felix and I couldn't find anything about what happened. Like if he ever spoke on trial about like the victim impact statement or anything like that. I couldn't find anything about if he's okay now. Like I hope he's okay. But I doubt if he's okay, but at least he's still Like okay dad. enough to keep going. I mean, know? he lost his mom. He pretty much lost his sister. Hopefully he and his dad have kind of tightened up and you know yeah that's the, the one happy part is that they at least have each other to hold on to at the end of the day yeah that's just awful yeah what a horrible human being well is. i hope your story is a little bit better for us this week well it's... i'm trying something different today okay. i am not because uh, the last couple of mine that i've done have been kind of as bad or worse than yours <laughs> and and they had a good ending you know? oh i guess mine had a survivor this week too woohoo did right. yeah but he still lost an awful oh lot. yeah definitely traumatized i mean God, what he went through is awful but i decided this week to uh investigate circumstances where someone tries to attack somebody else and then they get clobbered all right I mean, because but... you know what sometimes you just want to see the bad guy go down just so. rub their nose in the pee exactly <laughs> exactly have some pee bad guy <laughs> so i have a few little circumstances and each of these are pretty short mm-hmm. on december 21st 2021 an orange county california man was in his home around one in the afternoon when an intruder broke into the guy's home and savagely stabbed him yikes 
The stabbing was believed at the time to be in some sort of misguided retaliation for the victim's romantic involvement with the attacker's ex-girlfriend. Let it go, buddy. I know. It's all these, I mean, that's the operative point. Ex-girlfriend. It's all these guys who can't handle the fact that she they got dumped. don't want you. Move on. Yes. I mean, there are plenty of fish in the sea. If you're such a bad guy that you can't get another woman, there's something wrong with you, not Do her. Do better. <laughs> exactly. Be better. So, anyway. The referenced woman and none of their names were released. It wasn't, they weren't in this story. There aren't lots of articles about each of these stories, so okay. so they don't always. So is that have why you wanted names. to use multiple in one? Exactly. I gotcha. And I didn't want to do a full length episode on each of these. So okay. But anyway, this woman that they were talking about also happened to have had an active restraining order against the attacker. So clearly, this wasn't the first time this guy had been menacing or threatening. And she wasn't coming back. Like and she wasn't coming back. So okay. After having been attacked in his own home, and apparently, for whatever reason, the attacker had not been arrested. He probably was hiding. You know, he probably ran out from stabbing the guy and was on the lam someplace because mm-hmm. he was not, he had not been arrested. But the victim was released from the hospital. And then he had returned home and he was just resting. He was recovering from his stab wounds. And now it's Friday morning. It's two days later. And the same guy returns to his house and forces his way inside again. The hell? So did he know who he was when he attacked him the first time? Yeah. Okay. I I got the impression he did, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so he forced his way inside again. And that's why I was saying because they hadn't arrested him. Because, oh, he was on the lam. Okay. Yeah, because this guy must have said, otherwise they wouldn't have known that he was a. But it was only two with... days, so like, yeah. give him a little leniency. Cause... Yeah. So the victim, who had been stabbed two days earlier, is now upstairs on the second floor, resting. He hears the break-in, and having just experienced this two days earlier, he immediately armed himself with a gun. So the attacker just brazenly heads up the stairs, intending to finish killing this already wounded man, and the stab victim shot him. Good. <laughs> the attacker was pronounced dead at the scene, calling to mind the old saying, you get what you give. You tried to do this to him? Well, now, joke's on you, buddy. How could you not expect him to be at least armed, though, after you just did that? He knows who you are. Like, he might have thought, he even even if he might have been armed, he probably thought he'd be on some sort of medications or painkillers or you know something that would make him a little dopey. Yeah, a little makes bit. Makes sense, yeah. A little bit, uh, you know, not... I guess if you're going to attack again when he's already injured and weak is probably the prime time, but come on, man. Yeah. He just wanted to finish him off, probably so the guy couldn't testify against him. True. Yeah. So, next story. In 2016, a 20-something woman whose name also was not released, she resided in an apartment building in Newport Beach, California. Another California story. I got three California stories and then two not California stories. All right. (laughs) She had an acquaintance by the name of Michael Meehan, who was 57 years old. Okay. Now, it seems that they had some sort of complicated troubled type of relationship but it, it was unclear how they knew each other but reports said that it was not romantic so she wasn't dating this guy who's old enough to be her father but somehow they didn't get along or they had bad blood or they had a history of you know disagreements about something okay so here it is it's 2016 august the 20th it's a saturday and at 5.30, the police get a call to report an altercation on the upper level of the apartment building parking garage where this woman lived. She didn't live in the parking garage. <laughs> the parking garage for the building where she lived. Okay. And Meehan, the 57-year-old guy, had confronted her, and he had come there bearing a knife with the intent to cause her harm. 
He stabbed her, he cut her, he was chasing her around on the parking deck, and appeared that he was fully intent on harming her further, and to what end, we don't know, but that was what was going on. Somehow this woman, who was uh, younger and faster, (laughs) she somehow managed to seize the knife from Meehan and began fighting back to protect herself from any further attack. So in the struggle to get him to leave her alone, she ended up stabbing him several times. Good. Go, girl. After which he stopped trying to hurt her. Oh, would figure. you look at that? Imagine that. <laughs> wow, she stuck a knife He's in like, me. He's like, hey, that hurts. Maybe she's not the little baby I thought she was. Huh. So anyway, when she was taken to the hospital, her wounds were not found to be life-threatening. I almost said wife-threatening, but I meant life-threatening. <laughs> right. Meehan, on the other hand, died the following Wednesday from the stab wounds that he received. But since he died, prosecutors did review the case just to make sure it was all up and up. But it it was determined that the woman inflicted the wounds purely in self-defense. Well, you said that was 2016, right? So they And they were in, like, a, a parking complex. I would imagine there's probably a security camera that shows somewhere in there in the trial. It's like, possible. I, I don't know that for sure, but it's it's possible. But anyway, no charges were ever brought against her. All right, California number three. Yay! Okay. (laughs) An unnamed 37-year-old woman in South Pasadena, California, had been released from the hospital after being treated for facial injury. She was injured on Saturday, January the 15th, 2022. So when we're recording this, this was just last week. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I think that's why I originally said has, because it was literally just last week. Okay. But she was injured on January 15th when her ex-boyfriend, named Justin Goss, aged 40, threw a concrete paver through the front window and climbed inside her house. When the police were called to the house on a report of domestic violence, they found the broken front window. They heard a lot of screaming coming from inside the house. So, of course, they enter the house. They see the injured woman. They see the attacker. And they see the victim's mother and sister. Okay. Who were in the house with her when he broke the front window and came in and started clobbering her. The mother and sister, having heard their daughter and sister being punched in the face and choked, came running to the rescue. They tried to pull Justin Goss off of her, but he was too strong. He was a big man. He was too strong for them to pull away from the victim. So they had to resort to beating him with weapons. Uh-huh. And they found a golf club and uh, one of them stabbed him with a kitchen knife. Good. All right. The ex-boyfriend was pronounced dead at the house, and the women were found to have acted in justified defense of their home and family member, and neither of them were charged. Well, and, thank God for them, though, because, yes. oh. Yeah, but the the woman who had been attacked was actually released, and She's everything was all fine. all good. Okay. Well, yeah. not all, all good, good, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that creepy guy is now As far gone. as it could have been, yeah. He won't be bothering her anymore. Ugh. So this one's not in California. I'm sorry if that's disappointing to you. This one's in Baltimore County, Maryland. Yeah, I'm ending this now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it happened in 2013. Okay. A guy on the top floor of an apartment building was sleeping okay. at 1.30 in the morning, and two men burst into the apartment. And they wasted no time and shot the man that lived there. Mm. So despite his injuries, despite having been awakened by being shot, he fought back and grabbed a large object. It wasn't clear what that was. It was a lamp or, you know, a statue or whatever. Yeah, whatever's by your bed is what you got to use. Cause... And he immediately hit one of the attackers in the head with this object, trying to get them to, you know, at least get out of his apartment. And mm-hmm. this knocked the guy out. When this happened... The other attacker's like, holy crap, and he scurries away. So he ran off. The police said that based on what they could get from the story, it, it did not seem that this was a random home invasion. It looks like these guys went there to assassinate this guy. 
Okay. So the victim was taken to the hospital with multiple gunshot wounds, wounds, but he was respected, expected <laughs> to recover. And the attacker, who was knocked out and then abandoned by his accomplice, just left him and took off. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. <laughs> and he was unidentified because he wasn't even carrying any identification. He actually died from his head injury. So what? I hope people are getting a, a theme here. That just because you are the aggressor does not mean you're always going to win. And I think a lot of people go into it thinking, I'm the aggressor. They don't even know the attack's coming. I'm sorry, if somebody surprises me, I'm like 10 times more violent than like if I don't, if I know something is coming. You know what I mean? We're like... Well, you may be more violent, but you may, you're going to be less prepared and therefore you, you may be violent, but you may be, you know... Violent in a way that's not actually able to accomplish anything. Other than hurt them, though. Like, think of that. If someone walks in here right now, I'm grabbing all of these things, guys. All right, so this is my last one. It's not very long, but this one is kind of wild. All right. So in 2016, in the Israeli city of Petah Tikva, a 40-year-old man by the name of Yonatan Azarihab walked into a wine shop as he was canvassing the town collecting money for a charity. He got followed into the store by another man who suddenly and inexplicably began stabbing Yonatan. Oh, okay. Um, stabbed Yonatan over and over and over in his upper body. And Yonatan managed to break away from this frenzied attack at one point. And he runs out of the store just trying, you know, he's like, help. I don't know yeah, what's going what on. The heck? What is happening? But although he still had a knife in his neck, there's a knife in oh, his still neck. still lodged there, which is probably better in the long haul, but like, ah. Well, he decided to go into the store, go back into the store because the shop owner was in there. Okay. Still continuing to hit the attacker and attempt to subdue him. Because nobody knows what's going on. They don't know why this guy is attacking anybody. But Yonatan, and what you just said is kind of similar to what I was saying here, probably against any potential medical advice, yeah, no. actually pulled the knife out of his own neck okay, no. and stabbed the attacker. Don't do that, y'all. Don't. No, because it just it. makes you bleed more. It, yeah, it, that's the only thing stopping you from bleeding out to death. Like, yeah, and, de- and depending on where it was. I don't know if it was superficial and just in his no skin. No matter where. Just don't take the chance. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and I wouldn't have taken it out, and you probably wouldn't have taken it out, but Yonatan wanted to use it to stab the guy. Well. <laughs> so, so he took the, the knife out of his neck, and he stabbed the attacker, who had just continued to fight the shop owner. At the end, the shop owner was fine. He probably had some bruises from beating this guy. Yonatan was stabilized at the scene. He was taken to a hospital where he was admitted in moderate condition. He was expected to fully recover. Mm-hmm. The attacker, who was later to determine, because nobody had any idea why he was stabbing these people. Okay, yeah. He was committing an act of terrorism. Of course. And he died from the stab wound that he received. So, don't attack people. Because if you do and you get killed, it is your own damn fault. I'm telling you, we need to take some self-defense classes still. <laughs> I'll say that every week till we actually get around to doing it. Well, I've had some before, but, you know, it's something that I haven't done in a really long time. And it's something that you should probably refresh multiple times over your lifetime. Well, it's like being CPR certified. Like, I got mine probably 10 years ago. Do I know that I would 100% be able to resuscitate somebody now? Hell no. But I could do the general motion, sure. But, like, I'd still like to re... Well, I remember what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. When they taught me in health class yeah. in seventh grade. But nevertheless, they've changed the requirement. They've changed the recommendations for it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like Mike, sorry, my boyfriend, <laughs> to those who don't know, 
he got recertified last year. And I was telling him, oh, I don't need to get recertified. I know how to do CPR. I just got it like 10 years ago. And he was like, walk me through the steps. And he is wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> and I'm just like, how much could it have changed? Their heart hasn't changed. Like, I just... You know what they've done more research about what is actually going to help your brain stay alive long enough mm-hmm. to... And, and not cause damage to your organs and things. So. Well, they said, he said something about, like, you're not actually supposed to breathe for them until you have the bag anymore. Why? Which I don't know if that's a corona thing that they were teaching him at the time. I think I'd rather have coronavirus than just die. Well, I think it's more for the person giving CPR. <laughs> well, I'd rather have coronavirus than have somebody else die. Oh, for sure, but, yeah. So, anyway. That is, that's kind of the state of things around here. I'm mad at the chick in your story and I kind of smugly don't have any sorrow for the five people who died in my stories because they deserved what they got. Yeah, overall. Or they got what they deserved. Mm-hmm. You get what you give. That's a pretty good episode, though, is, like, only one person that didn't deserve it died but this whole episode. That's... That is unusual. Unfortunate, but... Yes. Well, um, before we sign off, I did... Finally, I keep promising her every week I'm going to come back with a fun little fact at the end of the episode so we're not so depressed at the end. Good, What have you got? Um, So this week, I did some research. I kind of gave you a hint earlier this week, but I decided to look up if humans were to land on them or in their general vicinity, what would be the most terrifying, painful death you experience on a planet? Like different planets throughout the solar system. Okay. Um, Not all of these are in our solar system, by the way, but I did not note because I didn't feel like being like, Galaxy XXXXVTI. Like... Well, since I don't personally have the ability to get myself from my little my little <laughs> chair that I'm sitting in right now to any other planet, I think that you can just go as far away as you want. Just keep these in your mind. So if anybody's ever like, the world is ending, you have one seat on our rocket ship, we're going to this planet. Just be like, you know, I think I'll take my chances of whatever's happening here. All right. Okay, so the first one... We all know and love. It is the only one I have so far in our... I might do another episode with these because there are so many. (laughs) The only one I did that's in our solar system. It is Jupiter. So if you were to land on Jupiter, or not so much land because it is a gas giant. There's no actual solid. (laughs) I was thinking that in my head, but I was just going to let you go there. If you were to get (laughs) into Jupiter's atmosphere, you would be immediately frozen yes. uh temperatures kind of like living in our house yeah that's that's what the cat thinks that our house is temperatured at it's a gas <laughs> giant and it's so damn cold uh so you'd be immediately frozen once getting into the atmosphere because the temperatures go as low as 100 negative 162 degrees fahrenheit all of the gases surrounding jupiter are just a giant poisonous gas cloud emitting st- uh, strong radiation. Also like our house. Also like our house. <laughs> and that mysterious gas smell in the kitchen that ended up being the garlic container. <laughs> it's like, honey, I think we have a natural gas leak. Oh, no, it's just this lid from the garlic. It's okay. <laughs> um, gravity alone in Jupiter's uh, atmosphere would immediately break every bone in your body. Isn't that amazing? It's fully made of gas. And the gravity is so high that it would crush you. It's horrifying. (laughs) It's amazing. I I just think that's amazing that gas can be that dense that it would cause that kind of of gravity. Well. Because gravity is based on mass. Yeah. So. And it's so far away from the sun. Imagine if it was closer. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
all of that was not enough to kill you in Jupiter. I say in Jupiter because he wouldn't actually land on Jupiter. He'd just kind of be flying to the middle. Of That's exactly it. If not all of that you managed to survive, there's no solid surface. So you would literally have that falling feeling bouncing you back and forth <laughs> forever. I am not a fan of the free fall. Mm-hmm. I will never do bungee jumping. I don't understand how anybody does it. No. I hate those rides that take you up and they sit you on the round thing and you ride up on this ring and then it just drops you from the top. Oh, yeah, the drop zones and yes, stuff. I hate oh. that kind Especially of stuff. Especially that girl got I, her feet cut off at Six Flags in Ohio. Was it Ohio or Kentucky? I, I think, I don't know. But anyway, I hate rides Mm-mm. like that. I love roller coasters. I love going fast and I love the loop-de-loops and all that. Go up and go down real quick in a, you know, 90 degrees, but I do not like a free fall ride. The free fall, yeah. The only time I'm okay with that funny feeling in your tummy when you fall is like when you're driving in the hilly roads in Amish country in Ohio, or... (laughs) You have to be careful. You don't need to fly over the top of a hill and hit a buggy. Hasn't happened yet. Well, it happens, and and people... Oh, I know. People get hurt. All right, so now that I'm killing all the Amish people, apparently... (laughs) Just be careful. Fly over there. More worried about the horses. I'm worried about everybody in that buggy. Uh oh. She's like, you guys are taking way too long. (laughs) Sorry, I'm wrapping it up. Okay, so I have two more. The next one is called HD189733B. Wow, that's a sexy (laughs) name. Yeah, you know it. You know it and love it. Um, it actually looks a lot like Earth. If you look at the images of it, it's like completely um, bright blue, just like Earth is, and it has like little clouds around it, just like Earth does. How far away is this? It was something like thirty-two something light years away, or something. It Only was... thirty-two light years away. Yeah, I don't remember. Thirty-two million. Light it might have been thirty-two million, but it was. <laughs> That's kind of different. Several solar systems <laughs> away. Um, so it looks a lot like Earth, and it actually looks really friendly and happy looking. Uh-oh. However, if you were to land into, again, this one is a gas giant. If you were to go into the atmosphere, it actually has winds that don't stop, that are up to 5,400 miles per hour. Holy crap. Which would send glass. <laughs> it has glass shards just from, it collected from other planets in its atmosphere, like lots of them. Like, it's very densely packed, more densely packed than the gas of the actual planet It's is. like a glass blender. It is. It's exactly like that. So you land into this atmosphere, going, start going 5,400 miles per hour, being stabbed in every which direction with glass shards. It's like, they said it was like raining glass shards sideways. Holy crap. <laughs> awful. Not only that. Once you get into the atmosphere, it is a whopping 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So... If you didn't burn first, you'd get stabbed to death first, and I don't know which one would be worse. You would think if it's that hot that the glass would melt, and it would sort of start congealing together in the clumps. See, I don't know. They didn't really say and much, then, but like... then all of a sudden, you get hit in the face with a glass softball, you know, because it's like congealing into globs. Yeah, I, I, it just... You're like, Ow. I got it. I got it. <laughs> the look you gave me was, yeah, I get it, but that's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> to me, a glass softball almost seems better than a glass shard. Well, it's just imagine getting hit in the face with the softball that is going 5,000 miles an hour. At least that one would knock you out before stabbing you. (laughs) 2,000 degree Fahrenheit glass softball that's going 5,000 miles an hour that now is basically wrapped itself all the way around your head and you are encased in it. Well, to be fair, once it hits your head going 5,400 miles per hour, I'm pretty sure you're gone. Who was the guy who got gold 
dumped on his head in Game of Thrones. Oh! It would be like that. I mean, I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the last one I'll talk to you about this week is called Kepler 70B. All right. Um, Johannes for the win. Johannes Oh, that was his name. Okay. (laughs) I I was like, where did I say Johannes? Okay, so this planet is actually um, terrestrial, like Earth. It has a solid surface. Oh, wow, you can walk on it. So finally we can land on one. No glass softballs, I hope. However. Oh, God. Here we go. I don't know why I worded it like that. But um, (laughs) at one point, it plunged straight into its now dead star. I don't know if it was before or after it was dead, but it it plunged into its star. It killed it. It killed my star. (laughs) It might have. And it resulted in a temperature, it's permanently a temperature of 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is actually weird because most planets that end up crashing into their star end up just being eviscerated. Like, yeah. So the fact that it bounced out and survived but the star didn't means this planet is pretty it's, terrifying. It's if you badass. <laughs> <laughs> but he's now 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I like I worded it in here when I typed it up. Accidentally plunged straight in, as if he was like. I'm intentionally. Oh shit! Sorry, didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just scooch on past you. You're in the Midwest. And if you if you're from the Midwest, you go oh oh my bad. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it. Didn't see you there. <laughs> uh, so now, since it is such a high temperature, it's actually slowly evaporating itself, and unfortunately, will probably be totally gone in the next 10 million years. And I was planning to go there. I guess I guess if I can get there in the next 10 million years. As long as you don't care about your future um, family members, just go ahead and go. All right. Or yourself, because you're also going to burn in 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> I'm sure there must be some protective gear I could put on. I've been watching a lot of uh, Mr. Ballin scuba diving mm-hmm. stories and stuff. Oh. And, you know, they go down there, everything's so cold, cold, cold down there. But then they have the little heated, the, the really deep sea divers that are all the way on the bottom. They have the little, the little umbilical cord that has the heat water, the mm-hmm. hot water that goes through their suits. Yeah. So maybe you can get a suit like that that runs cold water through it. You also have to get like a hamster ball full of water to protect <laughs> you around you. <laughs> it's like the boy in the bubble but underwater edition with your scuba suit. So now you have become the glass softball that's going 5,000 miles an hour and you're 12,000 degrees. Because you're really just going to boil inside of there. You're going to be like a boiled egg. There is actually a planet called the Boiled Egg Planet, but it's not called that, but they nicknamed it now. So anyway, we'll get into that another time. Oh, now I've got to know about the Boiled Egg Planet. Uh, Well, this was fun. Yeah, so maybe we can have a little segment that y'all can skip if you're not into it at the end, but just to get our mindset back to a peaceful place. Seriously. Yeah, now I want ice cream, though. (laughs) Shall we? I think we shall. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye.